Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Good evening. You beat me to it. Good evening, man. We're doing another late night podcast. Well, I'd love to see how many podcasts. I got to think that the most historically rare podcast is the monday evening podcast it's got to be it's got to be the most historically rare in dirty sports i think the sunday evening because we're not around monday the wednesday evening because we're not around thursday the thursday evening because you know thursday we've we've, whatever but the actual monday evening pod got to be rare got to be rare for us I got to say, it was so. It, I feel like it's so rare for me that today, because Dirty Sports was late, it felt like a Thursday. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. It is rare. I it it I I could probably say without a doubt, it's the most rare Monday night times we recorded. Yeah. On Monday episodes, I excuse me, like on Monday episodes. But you know, life happens. Yeah, you were busy today, and then I just asked for an extension because you know what I just made for dinner, Andy? I made my signature, my Joe Prano signature chili. And I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this on the show. Do you know what the secret ingredient of the Joe Prano signature chili is? Miller Lite. That's right. Now, my question to you is you'd still eat that chili, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're not like, I can't have alcohol. I'm not one of those. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not one of those people that uh, like can't be near it or have a sip. Like I'll still be like, "Oh, what? How's that taste like?" I actually I can do whatever I want. This was more of a life decision. Yeah, and and some Miller Lite mixed in some chili certainly not going to give you a brain aneurysm. No. And for the dirtballs who are like, how does this signature chili work? Let me tell you. I'm not going to give away too many secrets. But before any of the um, really juicy ingredients go in, before tomatoes go in, before beans go in, before anything that gives you chili, it's soupiness. You know, I cook meat and I cook onions and I cook. Today it was turkey chili, courtesy of Butcher Box, courtesy of Butcher Box, some some ground turkey. Um a lot of people like to slow cook that stuff because, you know, they don't want to burn, say, the green peppers yeah. or the whatever. I don't fuck with that. When I, I, I keep it nice and hot, and when I feel like it's getting too hot, we cool it down the same way I cool myself down at a summer baseball game. The splash of Miller Lite. So how long does your chili take to make? Well, you know, that's a... That depends on um, what kind of time I have. You know, I can make uh, a very 
Like I can make a long haul chili. Hey, we're going to keep this on the, the stove top all day. We're going to eat. Um, I'd like to have, I'd like to have 90 minutes. Like I'd like to have an hour and 15 to an hour and a half minimum. If I was trying to do a rush job, chili. Do I need the add? Do I need to add the Joe Prano chili recipe on the ticker for future episodes? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Because you know I can constantly change and adapt the ticker. It's the best thing about yeah. the ticker. The ticker is malleable. We can put anything we want on it. Anything we want. I love it. Well, look, it was a. It's a weird weekend when there's no football but the season isn't over i, I always yeah. feel like it's just like a you know it's like a lull as we're waiting for the super bowl but there was some large nf not nfl geez nba news joe yeah big I, th- I thought for sure andy ruther and his football obsession you're going to start talking to me about you know the pro bowl long drive contest i, f- I felt like i felt like we we're going to do 20 different po- pro bowl stories uh, before we got to the Kyrie Irving gets traded yet again news. So he's not a Dallas Maverick. Ky- the, you know, I, I, I'm i just trying to understand. So, like, is Kyrie at this point start drinking for the dirty sports drinking game? Because here at comes this a, point. Here comes a here comes an Andy Ruther analogy. Is he like the girl who is hot and then every dude or or is he the dude the hot dude who every girl is like he's gonna change i'm gonna be no that's the better analogy i'm gonna get him to change i'm gonna get him to settle down you know i'm gonna he's not gonna be that asshole that cheating asshole that he was with all those other girls i'm gonna get him to settle down is, is Kyrie that guy and he just never changes there's, you know, what's uh, crazy about the Kyrie story. And, um, it, we've been, I've, I've sort of been raging on Kyrie. Like how long, I think my, my, probably my first rate Kyrie rage rant was when he forced a trade from the Cavaliers. Yeah, for sure. This is pre flat earth this is pre-anti-vax this is pre-anti-semitism this is pre getting getting run out of the celtics yeah this is pre the nets this is pre all those things i think you can go back on this podcast and listen to me just be like what kind of fucking absolute clown Leaves playing with the best player in the world, the best player of all time. When you've won a championship together, when you were the first overall pick that they, of course, got because LeBron James left town, uh, the most obvious torch passing situation. LeBron seemed like he was always maybe not destined for L.A., but destined for a end of the career splash, you know, Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, whatever. Like it seemed like he had that last move in him. Easiest torch passing of all time. All you got to do is be the Pippin to Jordan 
and then you get to take the team over, but like hand it to you. Can't wait. I can't wait. I need my own team. No, at this point, we are now past the insanity that anybody thinks Kyrie deserves his own team. Um, and we are so far removed. And now it's just like there is a legit conversation about an NBA formerly star, probably still a star, but formerly superstar. There is a legit conversation about the future of an NBA superstar is like, is him being around Alex Jones and Joe Rogan, maybe exactly what he needs to turn his career around. (laughs) Like we're talking about him. Like you're muted. Hold on. Hold on. You muted yourself. Unmuted. All right. You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Drink for Joe Prano lost connection. Um, that was self-inflicted. That was self-inflicted. I think I pulled my cord and it unplugged my mic, and then there was some sort of self-muting thing going on. It was, it was Kyrie's team trying to shut you up. But like, we're now at the point where it's like. Will being in Texas with the looser vaccination rules and the lack of heat going to help him now that he can have a gas stove without worry? Is is this what Kyrie needs to turn it around? These are legit conversations. Well, I, mean, I don't, those, I don't I, think the, I don't think I, those are legit. Those are just dumb things people are saying. My thing. Sticking but, but, with, but, you know, if we, like, like if we Forget just stick to basketball. People are saying. Forget dumb things people are saying. A huge issue in the Kyrie Nets relationship was two things. No doubt about it. He, not the Nets rule, a New York City rule, he had to be vaccinated to play in Brooklyn. He, for, that was that was one of the very first things that were like, you are putting yourself above your basketball team. Simple as that. This isn't. We all ride the bus together. We all fucking wear the same backpacks. We all there, there was no team. It's you're putting yourself above the team. The second thing he did not like the way that the team threw him under the bus, quote unquote, uh, because he was in Brooklyn of all places sharing anti-Semitic slash Holocaust denying material. These you we can talk about it's basketball, 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 and how this is affected on his basketball. But the bottom line is his relationship in Brooklyn, where he went to build a super team where they were able to James Harden left because the dude wouldn't play basketball. He has a relationship problem with the owner, with the coach, with his other star, because it's always about Kyrie and never about basketball. So now we can get into Kyrie demands the ball 
And Luca also demands the ball. And how does this work basketball wise? And really, it doesn't matter because Kyrie is talented enough to play off the ball with Luca. But we can't talk about the possibility of that happening until we talk about the fact that every single decision Kyrie Irving has ever made has been Kyrie first. I can't be second banana to LeBron. I won't do something that that helps my team. I won't not share anti-Semitic shit in Brooklyn to keep the heat off my team. I will not fuck. It's all Kyrie all the time. So we can point to how he's actually physically been on the floor. But is there any proof in any of that those things that Kyrie is suddenly going to be like, hey, man, Luca, I'm here to uh, score a bunch when you go to the bench and hit open shots and fucking whatever. No, there's no proof of that. Not that he doesn't have the talent to do it. He's going to change now. Why? Because Jason Kidd? He was with Steve Nash. He was with Jacques Vaughn. He had Kevin Durant. He had Harden. He had LeBron. He had Jason Tatum. He had Jalen Brown. Suddenly, he's going to defer to Luka and Jason Kidd? Well... If you look at his career from a winning slash production level, it only worked like it worked greatest with LeBron. Obviously, they won a title. Like whatever they did in Cleveland that season, it worked, right? They won a title. The Batman and Robin between those two, it worked. Like there's no denying it. It it, it clearly worked. It hasn't worked since. It didn't work before that. It didn't work after that. He, Kyrie suffers like what I would call, like he, he thinks he's smarter than everybody. And, and I'm not like, and I'm not even here to get into all the ridiculous things that I agree with, don't agree with. I mean, disagree with like whatever it is. I, I just think like Kyrie just has a track record. We know this, like starting with the flat earth. Of like, he almost wants to be this intellectual contrarian, so to speak. And I can't, I can't take him serious on, on anything because of his his track record, his history, his track record with teammates. Teams get better when he leaves. Like, like from a basketball stance, the Boston Celtics got better. Um, just to ask you a question that. Devin Springfield, a dirtball once uh, asked me, you don't actually believe that the blank are better without Kyrie, do you? Because that's just a bad take, brother. Please figure it out. Now, when he sent it to me, it was the Celtics who obviously played in the NBA finals last year after getting rid of Kyrie. But um, Andy, I'm just going to ask you on behalf of Devin Springfield, D underscore S-P-R-I-I-I-N-G 22. You don't did actually he, think the Nets that? will be better without Kyrie, do you? Because that's a bad take, brother. When did he Please tweet that? figure it out. 12-13-2018. So he tweeted that 
December four. 2018. Yeah. A little over four years ago. Yeah, Kyrie, again, it's 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 crazy to think that Mark Cuban would do this. I, I'm just trying to understand from Mark Cuban, does he think he can be that guy? Like, does his organization think they can be that guy? Well. They do. Why, it, or they wouldn't it, have done it, this. The thing about this trade is I don't hate it. For anybody, because the Nets, Kyrie Irving has been a debacle in Brooklyn. It's been a fucking debacle. He demands a trade. So they have to move him. And they do. And stupidly, stupidly, people out there continue to value Kyrie as if he's not just going to randomly miss 11 games next month because of the Chinese spy balloon. So he still has value. So the Nets absolutely jump on the fucking value before it gets any lower. Before he misses the entire month of May because he starts a Canadian basketball team called the Proud Boys. You know? Like, what the fuck? Anything is possible. We It's the old Kevin Durant thing. Anything is possible. Specifically Kyrie fucking shit up in the most ludicrous way of all time. What did you think about the actual trade? So Brooklyn gets Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 second-round pick, 2029 first-round pick, unprotected. the, The Brooklyn Nets did not get Mel Gibson, Kanye, or anybody that was part of the January 6th insurrection, right? No? Great. Then they won the trade. The Mavs, they're not winning the title as is, but they probably smartly believe that the league is wide open and there is no obvious team that could win it all or that should win it all or that's expected to win it all. So why not make a move that could help you? It's a gamble, but I guess if you don't think you can win the title unless you make a gamble, then it's worth it. It's like when you see those fucking TikTok videos where somebody's like, hey, man, um, you can have a hundred dollars cash or what's in the mystery box. You know what I mean? They went with the mystery box and they think who knows now to me, if I'm Mark Cuban and some guy shows up on shark tank and he's like, uh, hi, I'm looking for $300,000 for 10% of my company. We make organic dog treats. And then Mark's like, okay, so tell me about your organic dog treats. And he's like, I'd love to, Mark. But before I do that, um, we all agree here that the earth is flat and the Holocaust never happened. Mark would be like, get the fuck out of here. For that reason, I'm out. It doesn't matter how good your fucking dog treats are. It doesn't matter if they keep your dog thin and they make your dog jump. If somebody opened up their shark tank with that, Mark would kick them out of the fucking room. 
So it's insane to me that he that this is the chance he took. I think it has the potential to make them better the same way Harden and Kyrie and Durant had the potential to make the Nets better. And then they played 74 games. The two of them played 74 games together in three years. So the one person we've discussed where this worked was LeBron on the Cavs in 2016. LeBron wanted Kyrie. I, 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 and, and he was disappointed. I'll play the clip right now from what LeBron said as far as wanting him and being disappointed. The only reason I, I think this is interesting is because, like, it did work with those guys. Right. Did it? I mean, they won a title. It, it, it oh, you know, like, it's, but it is as easy as saying it worked with. LeBron and Richard Jefferson. Like it was LeBron's team for sure. No one's like no one with it any wasn't, basketball. It wasn't Batman and Robin. It was <sighs> Batman and Alfred. Thanks for being here. <laughs> He's just called Kyrie Alfred. I but honestly, like like LeBron led the, the NBA Finals in – when you talk about Jordan and Pippen in an NBA Finals thing, Jordan's leading the fucking – the whole Finals in scoring, and Barkley's leading the Finals in rebounding, and and Kevin Johnson's leading the Finals in steals, and – you know, this guy's leading it in blocks and Pippen's leading it in fucking def defense. And Rod is like, LeBron led the whole finals in every fucking category. It's like if Robin, if it, it was, it would be like Batman and Robin, if Batman showed up and fucking fought crime and Robin made sure the car didn't get parking tickets. Yeah. It's like, cool. You hit a big shot when the game was tied. Well, I mean, look, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I mean, he averaged 27 points. Great. You know, he averaged the second. I'm just saying, like, he averaged the second most of all the finals behind LeBron. Like. And what else did he do? He was the other guy on LeBron's team that scored. That's what he was. I mean that finals that But when I mean, you talk about Jordan and Pippen and Kobe and Shaq even Well look there was a huge drop off as I look at it LeBron averaged like 30 Kyrie 27 JR Smith 10 and a half Tristan Thompson 10 Yeah It's like you have huge drop offs Well I'll play what LeBron said This is what LeBron said about not getting Kyrie in the Lakers. Definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships. In my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus has shifted now. Um, my focus has shifted back to where it should be. And that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's a quick pivot, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. 
It don't take me long. I don't, I don't get too excited um, about the possibilities of things that can be. I, I, I kind of envision myself on what it can, but I don't, I don't invest it all the way into until I know it's happening. Okay. And, and when it does not happen, I, I'm, I'm back locked in on the job at hand. So, um, you know, we had an opportunity. I think our, our names was out there. The Lakers name was out there. We had an opportunity. Didn't happen. We move on and we, we, we uh, finish the season strong, try to, try to get a bid into the postseason where I feel um, if we go in healthy and we compete with anybody. Well, okay, so, he, I mean, he... Look, he's saying on there, Prano, we had, that's what I'm, that's all I'm saying. LeBron is saying we had good team chemistry. But first, but yeah, chemistry. But, but that's so long ago. I, no, I know. All I'm saying is it's coming from the horses. But like they want, all I'm saying, I'm not defending. Kyrie and LeBron want a title together. And let LeBron me explain to you what should, should at least be like, I, I think that deep down the closest the best analogy I can come up with for what LeBron and listen, LeBron's not the world's best GM. No, either. You know, he, he's, he's, he thinks surrounding himself with talent, but like there's a lot of people that help you win more than Kyrie will right now. Fact. Now, not all of most guys are not available, but what I think a guy, LeBron, if, if he's smart is thinking their GM is thinking maybe Cuban is thinking, Etc. is this. If you and I were showed up fast and the furious style with our cars and you tell me, Hey, we're going to do a quarter mile race. And now I don't know anything about car racing, but like your car does a quarter mile in fucking eight seconds, you know, and mine does it in 10. Well, then I'm not going to beat you, right? Now, if some guy comes over and he goes, hey, man, I can put an engine in your car right now. That'll do it in seven seconds. Here's the thing. About every three times you start it up, it explodes. Well, guess what? I have no chance of beating you unless I put it in my car, right? But I also put it in my car I could explode and die in a fiery car wreck. Like LeBron, Cuban, other teams that were maybe going for Kyrie are like, we can't win the championship built the way we are. We're, we are better off trying and blowing up than we are just conceding the season. And I understand that a little bit, but it seems more reasonable from a LeBron Lakers team when you have the greatest player of all time who's running out of time and you're going to try to make one last hurrah than being a Mark Cuban Mavericks team with a top five NBA player who's 24 and has all the time in the world to properly build a team around. Yeah. If you look at the statistical comparison between Jalen Brunson's season right now and Kyrie Irving's season right now, Kyrie's better 
but not a whole lot. And they just had Jalen Brunson. All they had to do was sign him. And I assume, despite the fact that he's from Philly, he believes that the Holocaust happened. You got me curious. I'm pulling it up. So, Jalen Bronson, 23 points a game. Kyrie, 27 points a game. Now, Jalen Bronson's also played 11 more games. Assists, Bronson has him by one. Steals, they're about even. Rebounds, Kyrie. Yeah, they're very similar. Kyrie has him by about a rebound and a half. They're extremely similar. And one's younger. And one's cheaper. One's shooting more better three-point percentage the other shooting's better two-point percentage they're very very similar and one's cheaper and younger and you had him and didn't have to trade for him i don't know if anybody remembers i can pull up a lot of the names who argued about argued with me when i did it but i said when the knicks you know mortgaged their entire summer so with a chance to clear up two spots to get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, I said I'd rather have neither than have both. I would love to have Kevin Durant, obviously, but I would rather have neither than have both. And all this shit happens. And the Knicks end up signing Jalen Brunson. He's cheaper. He's younger. He's entering his prime instead of, you know, probably toward the tail end. And, oh, yeah, he's not fucking insane. Okay, so I'm going to ask you. Do the Dallas Mavericks win a playoff series? Let me just see where they sit. Now. Like, it really will come down to seeding matchup. I so mean, right, so right, right now, now, they're a six seed. They get the three seed Sacramento Kings. I think that they'll likely play better in the short term, move up. I don't like them against the Denver. I don't like them against the Memphis. I don't like them against the Clippers. Sacramento, pro- like that's a team that's playing above its head and probably too young. I'd, I'd probably defer to a team that's been there before the same way Luka didn't get out of the first round his first year. I'd probably defer to a Dallas team against them. Phoenix such a wild card these days. Yes, but but yes, they do, but did they make the Western Conference Finals last year or was it the year before? It was the year before, right? Okay. Am I crazy or was it last year? I don't remember. I just know it was recent. Yeah, it was Mavericks Warriors last year. 
Yeah, because the year before was the year the Clippers made it, right? Correct. Okay, so they, I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they made the conference finals just last year, and obviously they've not been meeting expectations so far this year. Okay. Interesting. I, the 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 bottom line is, no one ever since playing in very Kyrie fashion, 10 games at Duke or whatever, has ever questioned Kyrie's talent. Never. None of us do. He's just a fucking idiot. Well, there's just so much baggage. That's the problem. There's such a history, as we've stated. Look, guys have baggage. We see it in sports. Everybody has baggage in life, right? I always say, does the talent, can you justify the talent with the baggage? That's what I always say, right? And it's like, I, you know, I used to always say like, Gronk had all his stuff, you whatever you want to call it, the partying off the field, but like he performed when it mattered. And I don't know if that's the best an example, but even Dennis, let's do Dennis Rodman. At the end of the day, Dennis Rodman, for the most part, now he had his hiccups and he had his blemishes. For the most part, Dennis Rodman played when he had to and played at the highest level as a rebounder, as a defender. But what's a, what's amazing about Kyrie Irving is like Gronk partied. Dennis Rodman partied, dressed funny, partied, got technical fouls and kicked out of games, but also in getting technical fouls and getting kicked out of games was also one of the great antagonists in NBA history, the, the technical fouls and the getting kicked out of the games was part of his game as much as it is Draymond or whatever. Kyrie isn't fiery competitor party guy. No. He's flat earth anti-vax Holocaust denier. <laughs> Like we're talking about Gronk, won't it, we should be talking about Aaron Hernandez? No fool. Yeah. Well, you just the word you said there, competitor. I think that's a that's an important word. Like when I look at Luca, I see a competitor. I see a guy who. When he gets on that court, it's all about winning, right? The bottom line is... I don't see that in Kyrie, so like, how is that going to work out? The bottom line is, and I go back to it, and I, I've said it before on the show a million times. I said it when it was happening in football. I said it when it was happening with Cole Beasley. I said it was happening with whatever. Is like, I don't really give a shit if you're... If you think I know my bot, dude, I don't think the Novak Djokovic thing is a real fucking story. If the dot, if the guy doesn't want to put some shit in his body, 
and then they say you can't play in the U.S. Open or the Australian Open, 100% his choice, 100% his right. They made a rule. He didn't play by it. He doesn't get to play. No problem. No harm, no foul. If there's 15 other guys on your team and you're taking a third of the salary cap and you refuse to play because of fucking the COVID vaccine, you're a bad teammate. Now, is he getting paid in that, though? I forget. Well, they can't just go sign fucking another max player for the games he's not on the he's not on the floor. I know, but was he getting paid? Because if he if he's not getting paid, then he's at least he's not eating the salary of the team. Right, but forget the salary of the team. You're putting yourself at a disadvantage. The team went out and got you and Harden and Durant. That's their financial investment. We have to build a team around knowing we have to pay these three guys a ton of money. You can't just go, oh, well, Kyrie's sitting out today. I guess so we you, should so go you, get fucking let me ask Luka. You this. So, for you the think, so you think like when it comes to any of these guys, it's like, so then he has to get the vaccine, even if he says, I, I don't agree with it. All like, it's, a, it's, it's a bad spot to be in. All I'm saying is it's putting yourself above your team. Okay. There are guys who like to fucking drink alcohol. I love to drink alcohol. I'm drinking a Miller Lite right now. I drink a Miller Lite on every fucking episode of this podcast we do. But I can't drink one on the bench of an NBA game just because like, I like Miller Lite. <laughs> I know, but I don't know if that's the best comparison. Is all I'm saying. Like, like no, what? to 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 make an a, make a decision for the betterment of simply your teammates. But 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 again, we're talking about like a vaccine, where now we've just we've learned so much more during the whole pandemic, things that were right, things that were wrong, things that were. My point is like to be put in a position to take a vaccine, it, it, it's not a good position. I'd argue for anybody to be in for, for their livelihood. It's not about, there isn't, it's not about your livelihood. You can, he could go do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to, he didn't have to take it. My point is you take it for your teammates. The whole, oh, the, the thing, that's the sole reason to do it. But that's either- my, but that's my point is, is if, if someone, whether it's him or any sort of worker, if they said, look, man, I don't want to put something in my body that I'm scared great. of. What, whether, well, it's a, whether it's a great. vaccine well, or anything we'll else. we'll find someone else to work at the deli, I guess. You know? It's a different thing. We're not talking. Dude, you've played sports the f- like, and you've worked a job. The, the, the relationship you have in a football locker room, even in high school, was different than the relationship you have at the Hotel Oceana fucking break room. You don't for show sure. up, sign up, and go, like, I'm here for you guys, and you guys are here for me. That's literally team sports. For sure. So when you put yourself above them, that's all you're doing. But but again, I, I, I'm saying I think this case 
is like at the time I might have felt it's all the same issue. Leaving LeBron, sit the Celtics, the Vax. Well, with him, opinion, it's different. Like I'm not, the, I'm not disagreeing. The, the flatter. It's all selfishness. No, I look. We agree there that like Kyrie doesn't have a track record. So if he is so anti-vaccination, I don't, I don't put much into that with Kyrie because of his history. I agree because he's got such a like a, a history of completely being a contrarian. What I'm saying is no, like, forget being a contrarian. He's actually not a contrarian. What he is, is a hundred percent of the time puts himself above everybody else. He went but, to Duke. He didn't fucking play. He went to the Cavs. He walks away from LeBron. He he forces it to the Celtics. He fucking is he's hurt for the fucking playoffs. He leaves. He goes to the Nets. He's got a vax issue. He's got a fucking flat earth thing. He's got an opinion living in one of the there's more fucking Jewish people in New York City than there are in any place in the world outside of Israel. I think there's more people fucking combined in New York than everywhere else in the world outside of Israel. And he's like, hey, the Jews. Uh, you're like, dude, all you do is never once think about how this is going to affect anybody but you. Well, I actually don't think he thinks about him. I don't think he thinks how it affects because I think he just says stupid things without thinking, actually. Does that make sense? I don't think when he's saying these things about Jewish people or promoting some wild conspiracy, I don't actually think he's thinking. He's just like, yo, man, I saw this thing. But isn't that the issue with them going to the Mavs? It's like, at best, what do we have? At best, we have a very talented basketball player who demands the ball. Correct. With the most ball-demanding other player in the league. And at worst, we have a guy who goes down there and... Dude, like, I'm, like I know I've joked about it, but I'm serious. If tomorrow afternoon, because he's arrived in the great state of Texas... He goes on Joe Rogan and says Biden should be assassinated for not taking out the Chinese spy balloon fast enough. And that headline was on ESPN. Would you be shocked? Well, I, I wouldn't be shocked of anything that he said. Right. Isn't that a crazy person to trade for? You, well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Hey, Why? man, Thursday, uh, uh, Kyrie could go for 50. Thursday, Kyrie could go on the Alex Jones show and say that the NBA is rigged by dinosaurs. Both equally possible to happen on fucking Thursday, and you traded for him. Well, that's why we're talking about this. Like, what was Mark Cuban thinking that he could fix or change well i the you know listen i think mark cuban stupidly is thinking about this year instead of smartly thinking about luca is 20 fucking four 
and maybe you don't win it this year, but you got to think outside the box and figure out a way to put guys around them. I just do not see Kyrie Irving put, turn, putting his head on straight for the rest of this year because I think he's a fucking free agent again. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, and simply, I don't think that their styles will play mesh. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I've, I've, as, as you discuss this, I've hopped over to prize picks. I see a couple of your Knicks are on there for tomorrow's game. So is LeBron. What's LeBron's over under of more than less than for tomorrow? 32 and a half points. Wow. Against the Thunder. So if he's, I believe, was he got to score 37 or 38 to get there? I, I believe so. I really want to go to that game because the other game is way more expensive. But like, I don't know. I almost feel like LeBron is strategically going to do it on Thursday. But like, wouldn't it be so much better if he just like went off tomorrow? Yeah. Well, you guys can make a play on that. Download prize picks today and play daily fantasy sports with us. Make sure you use promo code dirty when you sign up all sports guys. Obviously, we have the the big game coming up on Sunday. I, I believe contractually, I am not allowed to say the actual name. We'll just call it the big game. The big game. <laughs> so get ready for that, guys, because the NFL owns that term, and I cannot say that. But what I can say is that Prize Picks does have many NBA plays. Jalen Brunson, who we just talked about, he's at 20 half and a 25 and a half points. Julius Randle's also at tw- oh, he's at 27 and a half for tomorrow's game. So you can go make some plays on that over at prizepicks.com. Go ahead and uh, download the app. Use promo code DIRTY. And you can get uh, you receive a hundred percent instant deposit. Match up to $100. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks back. It's a, it's a great deal. So go ahead and do that. So you think LeBron's doing that? You think he's like strategically saying, I want to do this Thursday, not Tuesday? I don't know. I just think that like I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Like, I don't know if it's a good qu- quality of LeBron's or a bad quality of LeBron's. Probably a good quality that he'll just like stay within himself tomorrow and probably, you know, score 32 or whatever. Um, and then he'll ha- he'll be able to stop the game in the first quarter on Thursday when he hits a sky hook to break the record or whatever, as opposed to, um, you know, having to do it probably super late in the game when every basketball, but like at the same time, uh, you know, there's, there's some part of me that, you know, I love LeBron for the unselfishness of his game and the way he's always made the right play. But there's some part of me, and I know it's very un-LeBron, um, 
that just wants him to come out and be like, yo, I'm going to score every point in this game and I'm going to break the ship by halftime. Well, if he wants to go Kobe. Right. Killer instinct. That's what he'd do. But the, the thing is, is 60 points or whatever in his last game, like that was unreasonable and stupid and a goddamn waste of everybody's time. You know, LeBron can score 37 without really doing all that much more than he would normally do. Yeah, no, for sure. Five extra baskets. Yeah. Excuse me. I think he's going to do it Thursday. Do you think you know. he does it with a sky hook? That'd be pretty funny. A lot of, a lot of clips of him practicing it. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah. There's a shot you don't see anymore, right? Yeah. Like, what happened to the skyhook? Why is it not a thing? Well, not everybody's... A, I mean, not a lot of seven-footers have that in their bag. When are we going to see skyhook threes? Well, you don't need it because you got like guys like Kevin Durant who are just like... Why, why do I need a hook shot? Like if you're, if I'm seven feet tall and I'm out here, I'll just pull up and put it in your face. Yeah. True. So I gave you about 45 minutes of NBA talk. Maybe mostly Kyrie, but we're not going to discuss the NBA the rest of this 2023 year now. Well, Andy, <laughs> Sunday's the Sunday's the end of the show. Sunday's the end of the NBA of you could talk NBA or NFL all you want, but Sunday until you know there's a leaked Snyder emails or uh uh you know there will be or whatever, but like you know how it goes post NFL pre opening day baseball. It's gonna be an NBA bonanza, not to mention NBA playoffs. I know you like to dig into. Y'all think in NBA playoffs. No, I'm just having fun with it. They, we did have some some NFL news as always. I did not watch the Pro Bowl for the record. I anything? Did, did you watch anything? I didn't, dude. I DVR'd all of it. I, I'm thinking now if I have time. I had the Thursday skills com- competition with the quarterbacks. I had that on the background, folding laundry for like 20 minutes. Okay. But when Tyler Huntley was in the Pro Bowl, it was, it's like, what are we doing here? Tyler Huntley? Get through two touchdown passes all year and is in the Pro Bowl? So I didn't I didn't really watch anything. I don't, and I'm not going to go back. And he watch. didn't throw two touchdown passes the whole year. Yeah, he did. How did he make the Pro Bowl? He was like the 67th alternate. Yeah, but still. Two, he ate through two t- touchdown passes? I'm not making this up. How that did was, like how did fucking Mike White not make the Pro Bowl over him? I'm telling you, he threw. I'm gonna look it up. He threw two touchdown passes all year. It was the lowest, obviously the lowest ever for somebody to technically make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he threw two touchdowns and three interceptions. That's insane. He started. One, two, three, four. He started five games and then so I mean he started five games. 
He threw 658 yards in five games. <laughs> 658 yards in five games. Now, if you're Tyler Huntley, are you embarrassed? I mean, that's the question. Like, are you but like how but how does it even happen? Is that just like a coach's choice? Like, how does it like how's Kenny Pickett not in? How's you know Mike White not in? How's I mean I'm trying to think of like like where where what happened to Jacoby Briscoli? Like, where's Davis Mills? Like Davis Mills probably had a three touchdown game at some point. Here's why. So there's just so many injuries. Herbert was injured. Lamar Jackson, Tua wouldn't play. Josh Allen didn't play. Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Burrow was like, no, I'm not doing it. So it was Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Huntley. I don't understand why they didn't go with, I mean, even Russell Wilson threw 16 touchdown passes. I think we'd all agree we'd rather Huntley than Russell Wilson, but basically anybody else. Tyler Huntley ranked 48th in the NFL in passing yards and passing TDs. Yes, 48th in a 32-team league. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You wonder if I wonder if you could have made a bet at some point if Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl. He threw two touchdown passes the entire year. Yeah, I wonder if anybody's ever made the Pro Bowl with 50% more interceptions than touchdowns. Did you watch any of it? No. Yeah, I didn't either. And I said I would. I was like, oh, the Mannings are involved. I watched I'll watch some of the contest. And I, I bet there's some good content. I didn't watch any of it though. No, me either. Did you see what Sean Payton said? I like it, Joe. I'm telling you, you this is Sean Payton. He's already he's he's trying to change things, I think. You see what he said about Russ, his little quarterback coach? Yeah. Yeah, not gonna work here anymore. So like he 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 Sean Payton is already trying to, and this is what I said. I, I maybe I'm I'm not saying I'm like buying fully in. I'm just saying Sean Payton, what did I say? Outside of the actual football stuff, he needed to get Russ's ego in check. And it's a quick 20-second clip, but this just came out tonight. I think he's doing it. 30 seconds. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to the players? Yeah, that's foreign to me that that's not going to take place here i mean i I'm, I'm i'm unfamiliar with it but our staff will be here our players will be here and that'll be it i mean what do you think joe i mean I that's, think, step, that's step I, one i think exactly what i said last week honestly just even theoretically the idea of 
the 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 Denver Broncos strength was their defense. They fired their defensive coordinator and they hired an offensive first coach to try to fucking save Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson's only team success came when he was a guy who whose name people didn't know handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch and letting his defense play defense. He's gonna he's gonna be named MVP next year. Sean Payton's gonna he's gonna change everything. He's gonna let him cook. He's gonna cook W's. No, I don't know what's gonna happen. And Kyrie's gonna start playing unselfish basketball. And ooh, that's, that's okay. We got a there's a good dual discussion. I'll say this: the Mavs have a better chance of making the. Of winning the West, then the Broncos have of winning the AFC West. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't disagree with that. There were some coordinator hires that I found interesting. Brian Flores, who I th- who I think is a good defensive. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. Defensively, Brian Flores, Flores, defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Can he change that Vikings defense around? Well, he can't make them worse. Now, here would be something fun for next season for all our Vikings fans. If their defense gets good and Kirk Cousins is playing with a good defense, oh boy, no excuses anymore, right? You mean besides, you mean. Because they won't have the excuse. Like, it's it's kind of a catch-22, right? Right now, the excuse is uh, Kirk Cousins has to play without a defense because Kirk Cousins franchises can't afford a defense because of Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, if Brian Flores manages to put together, like, some sort of... what What are we talking about, by the way? Like, what's a good defense? Like... Well, they how were good, awful. How, yeah, like, but what, how, if they go, what if they go middle of the pack? What What if they go middle of the pack? What do you think? I don't think they're going to win any more playoff games, but I'm just saying like they got a quarterback issue. Great. So we agree. We agree. Everybody grab your drinks. We agree. Kirk Cousins doesn't have a winning the Super Bowl with the 18th-ranked defense a la Eli Manning in him or winning the Super Bowl with the 25th-ranked defense in him, right? We think Kirk, we think Brian Flores has to turn the Vikings defense into what? A top-eight defense? And then maybe while they have Justin Jefferson on the rookie deal still, they could what? Go to an NFC championship game? If he makes him a top-10 defense? Or still no. Yeah, I Big know. Leap, huh? All he has to do is go in and turn him from one of the worst defenses in football because he can't afford anybody because they overpaid Kirk Cousins into a top eight, seven, or eight defense. With scheme. Get to scheming, Brian Flores. Or do you trade? 
that talent of Jefferson to try to get a better defense. What? I'm kidding. I would I the reason I'm saying that is I would be curious to see Cousins without somebody like him. Like I'd love to see how his numbers and how he'd be without a, just a bona fide top three wide receiver. Right? Like for some reason that's never brought up. You always hear quarterbacks make receivers better. You never hear receivers make quarterbacks better. You hear it all the time if you listen to our show. Vikings fans called in and were like, we beat the fucking Bills. Fuck you. And I was like, your quarterback overthrew a receiver who pulled it down with one hand, and then the Bills fucking snapped the ball into their own fucking end zone. What the fuck are we talking about here? I saw. Did you? Did you? Okay. Speaking of coordinators. I'd like to never speak of uh, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins again until they do something. I would like a moratorium on that. Unfortunately, I think they'll probably go three and one to start next year, and we'll have to deal with it because every Vikings fans will lose their goddamn mind, and then we'll have to start the whole process over. I'll be like, can you guys fucking relax? Can, like, can we just do that? Because like, I'd throw that out there right now. Like, I don't care if they hire Bill Belichick to be their defensive coordinator, Bill Walsh to be their offense coordinator. Can we just? Can you guys just not? call this show and not put on the Reddit and not tweet at us anything about the Vikings until you guys win a fucking playoff game. Well, another coordinator hire, which leaves some head scratching is the Cowboys. They fire Kellen Moore and then they hire Brian Schottenheimer. Did you see the tweet on that? Nepo Rogers? baby. What? This is this is the most classic Nepo baby of all time. Oh, yeah. But I'm just learning this term. This Nepo baby term. Yeah. I was I was unfamiliar. Is this is this a thing? Like, is this been a thing? I mean, nepotism's been a thing forever. For sure. I'm talking about Nepo baby. It's a relatively new term. So Hall of Fame Dirtball Kyle Aronofsky, he DM'd me this, the Roger Sherman tweet. I actually follow Roger Sherman, but I I missed it, you know. It breaks down, I guess he's been tweeting this forever. It breaks down the career of Brian Schottenheimer and everywhere he's coached. Basically, like they, it hasn't gone well. Like, sadly, if you look at this tweet, his biggest success is probably with Seattle with Russell Wilson, which I think has one playoff win in that, but like their offense actually played well. Is is Brian Schottenheimer an upgrade or downgrade or just status quo from Kellen Moore? I'm actually uh, gonna say downgrade. Yeah, probably. So he's a Nepo baby. That's what they call him. Yeah. Dude, he's been coaching since 2001. He's been coaching ever since Marty was like, hey, can you do me a favor? <laughs> I just can't get over this, man. 
Like he's one of those guys who you're, who like I see this and I'm like he's been coaching this long and he hasn't done anything. He's done nothing. Like that move. He's he's um Clint Howard. Who? Clint Howard. Who's Clint Howard? Come on. Who's Clint Howard? Put Clint Howard into your Google. You know him from such movies as Apollo 13. Oh, by, yeah. Sorry. Directed by his brother, Ron <laughs> Howard. Sorry. I didn't know this guy had a name. I just knew he was Ron Howard's brother. That's his name, Clint? He's Clint Howard. I, you know what's amazing? I think if you put Clint Howard, like, do you have Google Images pulled up? If you put in Clint Howard and Google Images, I bet you you could get, I bet you could get a picture of him from fucking uh, Apollo 13 with a headset on, which is essentially Brian Schottheimer being an offensive coordinator. God, he's an ugly man. Like, he is an ugly man. <laughs> Ugly, ugly man. I mean, <laughs> that's Brian Schottenheimer <laughs> looking down from the booth. Uh, have we tried uh, handing it to Tony Pollard? Dallas, we have a problem. (laughs) I forget how ugly this dude is. Like, how do you get so ugly? (laughs) Like, bro, like, how are you just so ugly? Like, I like, I'm looking at his IMDb, man. I just want to take Ed Harris and the other guy out of the background of that and put him in an offensive coordinator's box. <laughs> Replace Ed Harris with Jerry Jones. What a fucking mess the Cowboys are. This is this is who I totally forgot he was in Apollo 13. I mean, it's unbelievable. What a fucking shit show down in Dallas, huh? We had a funny call, speaking of the NFC East. We got a call about the Prano curse. Is there a Prano curse, guys? Is there a Joe Prano curse? How many call- we've had? We've had this call 25 times over the fucking last four years since the Ruther curse has become a thing. We're like, literally one thing will happen and they'll try to introduce Prano. Ruther's been cursing things like every month for fucking half a decade at this point. Just saying. And then you'll be like, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Is it a Prano curse? I'm just saying, you know, you call that hotline, 310-359-8365. We, we have a call about the Joe Prano curse. Months ago, I warned you about God's wrath and what he would continue to do to you if you persisted with denying his existence. Now I was wrong about the Phillies winning, but no. I did warn you of another Eagles Super Bowl. By the way, this is Matthew Zirkus. 
and here we are. I ask you now to finally repent so that we all may be spared hurt to the Hall of Fame talk. Do you not see what your denial has done? Because of you, God was forced to smite every quarterback of the 49ers in order to prove his point to you. Now, originally, I believed the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, but after hearing you yet again claim God is not real, I was reminded of the Prano curse. Repent, my son. Save us all. But, you know, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm just messing with you. You know, I think the Chiefs are going to put him down, but who knows? That does work in mysterious ways. Stay dirty and holy. So, I mean, obviously he's just fucking around, but you think there's nothing to the Joe Prano curse? No. Nothing? No. In fact, I would think the opposite. I think this is the greatest thing that could possibly happen. Anything short of, you know, you hate to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But if they go to the Super Bowl and they lose and their fans have to eat their horse shit, this time sadly, instead of in celebration, they get that horse shit like a nice pate and they spread it on their Wawa hoagies. They eat their gas station food and they have to they have to go home. Hopefully, if there is a God, God willing, not beat their wives for once. And they then have to watch as their team gives Jalen Hurts $400 million. And then I'll never have to worry about them again. You know, I saw some comments on our YouTube because you said, the Eagles fans have infiltrated our comments and they tried to call me out. And oh, how sad, sad people they are. They said, this guy's so dumb. He's referencing our poor fans all wearing 11. He thinks they're Carson Wentz jerseys, but clearly they're AJ Brown jerseys. I don't think that that's true, guys. I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and say it here. Uh, you know, I've known a lot of things about uh, Eagles fans over the years. And one of them is you see a lot more Riley Cooper jerseys than you did Donovan McNabb jerseys. See a lot more Carson. Oh, all those 11s. No Jalen Hurts. We didn't see any Jalen Hurts jerseys in that video. MVP finalists. We didn't see any Jalen Hurts. Just a lot of A.J. Brown jerseys. That's what it was. A lot of A.J. Brown jerseys. No one out and got no one out. No one went out and got their MVP finalist quarterback jersey before the NFC Championship game. Y'all just went out and got wide first year wide receiver. First-year Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown jerseys? No, guys. You poor pieces of trash. You got your cars. You might have a you might have duct tape on the back over your Wentz name and wrote A.J. Brown. Seen that a few times. But yeah, the, the 11 jersey, the, the, the number. Come on, guys. We all know what's going on here. I, I've been a an Eagles hater for a long time. I've seen you guys. The, the Koi Detmer jerseys and the Jeff Garcia jerseys sell like hotcakes when they take over, but not a whole lot of Michael Vick and Donovan McNabb jerseys being sold back in the day. Yeah, Eagles fans, Eagles fans, I knew that was going to happen. I knew they were going to come into the YouTube comments on that Give video. me the Dallas Goddard jersey, they say. Oh, I need my Dallas Goddard jersey. Somebody deleted one, and I actually, I respond to some of them. Somebody called you a, uh, said it was obviously he's a Boston fan, and I was like, a Boston? I was like, I was like, dude, you clearly don't listen to our show. A Boston fan? Oh, because they had the Walton jersey in the background? Well, I'm also not a Baltimore fan, in case anybody's wondering. 
Yeah, somebody called you a Boston fan. I just like great players. Like the Bill Walden and Billy Ripkin's older brother. I want to do a podcast with Clint Howard and Dwight Howard. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should couple. I think you should I think you should do a podcast with uh Clint Howard, Brian Schottenheimer, and Billy Ripkin called Nepo Babies. <laughs> Holy shit. Billy Ripkin just goes back and forth calling them both fuckface the whole time. I don't really know much about Billy Ripkin. Yeah. Like, was he just terrible? Hey, he wasn't great. The only thing you need to know is he's Cal Ripkin Sr.'s other son, and he had fuckface written on the bottom of his bat. That infamous card. I pulled that in a pack in like third grade. You you really have that? Oh, yeah. I pulled it in a pack. I remember I was. I was at school. I was at St. Patrick's. Pulled a whole, pulled the old fuckface card. What so a the glorious bo- day it was. So the bottom of his card. I mean, this is pretty wild. 1980. Eight Fleer. See if you can, I, I have it up. Let's see if you. Wow, you're pretty close. 1989 Fleer. So it's a 1989 Fleer card. Yeah. This is tough. You can't see on this, but the bottom of his bat says "fuckface." Why did his bat say "fuckface"? Looks looking like a young Brett Ernst there. By the way, <laughs> it's like. Zooming in at all? Oh yeah. You see it now? Yeah. I know exactly what it looks like. I own it. Autumn's back. My nephew probably owns it now. It's this fuck face. I mean, look at this. Was that just him trolling because he knew he was doing a baseball card shoot? No, he says he pulls it. He's there's a whole story he pulled that he wrote it on there for some reason or whatever, and then he pulled it out of the bat rack or he grabbed it. It was his batting practice bat or something like that, and they just grabbed him while he was taking BP and were like, "Let's get a picture." It, but it feels like it's trolling because it's straight up and down, right? It's not sideways. Yeah. It's not upside down. It totally looks like he's trolling. Yeah. Is that card worth anything? Well, I don't know. It's selling on eBay here for 29 bucks. Yeah. It's really not. Pretty cheap. Well, give us a ring. 310-359-8365. There's a guy out. By the way, there's. I think there's a guy out there who, when those cars were available, bought like thousands of them. And wrote a book about how Billy Ripken should be a Hall of Famer. It's funny you bring that up. I went to I went to Jameis One of One's Twitter the other day, and and that that guy runs a Twitter called Fuckface One of One. <laughs> I went to his Twitter the other day, just checking in. You know, doing a little like it's been about a month checking, and I just I know lie started laughing out loud. Not from any tweets, because, I mean, they're ridiculous. They're 
their next level. But what made me laugh was thinking that he wrote a book at this juncture of Jameis Winston's career, right? Like, like he's played eight years now. He basically hasn't started for three. Like the thought that he wrote a book in 2018 or 2019, I'm not sure that he was on a hall of fame trajectory is like, who's Jameis on next year? I think he's still with the saints, right? Isn't he? He's under contract. Yes. He's under contract. Yeah. But he lost his starting job to Andy Dalton. Yeah. I'm saying, who's going to start there? I love this Baker Mayfield or Jameis Winston. Who's in the league longer? I love this discussion. You know, like who's in the league longer, Jameis or Baker? Because Baker got a second life with some of his Rams games. Like somebody's gonna give him a shot. I could see ba- like Baker could stay in the league by being a backup on the Rams, right? Oh yeah, good point. And then like I think he could get it, but like the thing about Jameis is I feel like Jameis tries to start somewhere at some point, gets his opportunity, and then the next time he starts and it's a debacle, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, that could be the worst investment ever. If you look in the history of bad investments, Jameis 101 cards, Jameis 101 memorabilia. So AJ Green retired today. And I was looking out of curiosity. I was looking at that draft class. There might be. Where did he get drafted overall? He was fourth. Cat. That like top 15, more so that top 11, is pretty wild. Like if you look from that draft class, how many potential Hall of Famers there are. Like let me pull this up. So like if you look at these guys, right? Who's in the Who's in the Hall of Fame here? I mean, Von Miller could certainly be. AJ Green could be. Yeah, I don't think AJ Green will. Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, JJ Watt. Yep. Like probably you could be- probably not Christian Ponder. No, Christian Ponder's not making the Hall of Fame. Alden Smith, DUI Hall of Fame for sure. Didn't he have like a million DUIs? Yeah. But I think was tracking was certainly tracking. He was tracking. But I'm saying if you said Von Miller, Patrick Peterson. Possibly Julio Jones, A.J. Green. I I, I don't think A.J. Green, but like you might have in that top 10. Three or four Hall of Famers. What an unbelievable like. What absolute fucking whiffs, too, that are QBs. part of those top 12. Minnesota fans still believe Christian Ponder just needs a defense. Uh, <laughs> Jake Locker to Tennessee at eight. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Right? Jake Locker at eight. Blaine Gabbert, 10. Christian Ponder at 12. It's pretty insane. AJ Green was tracking too, man. Yeah. He, he was tracking. He was a Ruther curse for the record. He was one of the early casualties. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember what I said? Do you remember that at all? No. He was going to become the first wide receiver in NFL history to start his career with like five or six straight 1,000 yard. Nobody had ever done that to start their career. And uh, I said that. I said it on. Uh, and he immediately got hurt. Yeah, I said it on our show. I was like, AJ Green, yeah, because he had one, two, three, four. He, he At the time, he was going to be the first wide receiver to start his career with six straight 1,000-yard seasons. You know, he got hurt at game 10, and he had 964. And his career was like never the same since. Like, that's a straight-up Ruther curse right there. When's when's a list going to be compiled? Have we done this? The Ruther curse. I think it's list? easier to compile a, a list of things you haven't cursed. The, the, I'm telling you, the Bengals didn't. There was no curse this year, right? I mean, I don't know. Last year they made the Super Bowl. This year you joined the cause. They didn't. Yeah, but I but my point is like I mean, they were worse when you jumped on the bandwagon. The literally their best season maybe ever is the year before you jumped back on the bandwagon. I'm just saying, like I you if you know, look I, at a high water mark, if this is the way of crashing and rolling back, we can see a distinct moment where Bandy Andy jumped back on. And the sink, this ship started to sink again. I think they should trade T. Higgins, by the way. You do? I do. His value's not going to be higher. You're I not going to pay. I, th I think that you're absolutely right. And I think that if you look at Randy Ruther, right? And Randy texts me every day, but it's like, I think we find a way to sign him. And we find, and it's like, dude, finding wow. a way to sign him and then finding a way to sign Jamar Chase. All, by the listen. Finding a way to sign him and finding a way to sign Jamar Chase and finding a way to sign Joe Burrow, there is a way. Just means you have no defense and no offensive line. If if they can get and they and they should, he said back to back thousand yard seasons. If you can get a first rounder right now at his age, what is he, 24, 25? If you can get a first rounder for T. Higgins, kind of do what Tennessee did. Now it didn't work for Tennessee because they have Ryan Tannehill. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. Give Burrow another first rounder. He'll make it work. Just keep doing that same thing. Right? They came in together. They were drafted together, him and T. Higgins. Just trade T. Higgins for a first rounder. Why would you not? Oh, I'm what? not sure that they would get an offer. I mean, who's who's making that offer? The Bears? And the Bears aren't giving up the one overall, that's for sure. Well, I think the Bears have a few picks, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'd trade him. I'd trade him for a second rounder. I don't know. 
Is that crazy? Like, yeah, probably. Like they, they make him. They can work with a second rounder. You also have a window here. You could just tag him. I mean, he's he's not even a free agent until no. And then I cut I cut Joe Mixon. With with, with the arrest, which was the charges were dropped, but like you save ten million dollars dropping Joe Mixon. Draft a fourth round running back. The fuck are we doing here? These these running backs are just so they're so replaceable. They're so like to me that's the most replaceable position. It's the running back more than almost any other position. I don't know, but on Thursday we will do a full Super Bowl preview. We'll do some fun prop bets. And guess what, Joe? We can actually put the bets on the screen this year. Hell yeah. So if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, you probably should be now that we're working with the stream yard and Andy's putting up pictures of Clint Howard. <laughs> you ever think it would come to this? We could have pictures of Clint Howard. Subscribe on YouTube. Set your notifications. Set those noties, as the kids say, right? Sure. Set the noties. You guys can follow us on our social, which we have right now on our feed, at Andy Ruther, at Joe Prano, at The Dirty Sports, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. That's and right. Joe, and Joe, I believe, whoa, whoa, there it is. Oh, look at whoa, that. Whoa. whoa, there you go. Look at that. JoePrano.com for all live shows. I will be in San Diego next week. I'll be there doing our good friend Josh Nelson's show at Candy's Boom Boom Room under El Prez on Wednesday. I'm doing a Don't Tell comedy show. I'm probably not supposed to tell that. Fuck. On Thursday, and then also Madhouse Comedy Club on Thursday the 16th. Pizza Star will be rolling to both. Next Friday, Oeno Vino in uh, Glendale slash Atwater Village area in Los Angeles, and then the West Side Comedy Theater. And then, uh, yada, 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 there's other shows, but the ones that you really need to remember, the, the important ones, the Friday, March 10th two shows in bozeman montana never been to montana it's one i've i believe four states andy that i have not visited we're going to check that one off the list and we're going to perform there i know we have dirt balls in the montana region we'll call it so come out last best comedy show last best comedy club in bozeman montana march 10th two shows that friday and then i'm going to go I'm going to snowboard, Andy. I'm going to snowboard around Montana. Maybe Big Sky. Maybe uh, a couple of the other places. So if you are a dirtball in Montana, hit me up. I want to know where to chuck some power around. I want to know where to shred that gnar. Also, I'd love to see you at a show. Thanks to the dirtballs who came out to Sketchfest this weekend in San Francisco. Hope to see you guys in San, San Diego next week. Hope to see you in Montana. Hope to see you at some of the local shows I'm doing. Right, what Andy said right there on the screen. Joeprano.com for all shows. Cool. Yeah, man. All right, guys. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back for a big Super Bowl preview on Thursday. Have a lovely week. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>